El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Welcome to You Don't Even Like This Show, a podcast about news, politics, pop culture, current events, and whatever else people are talking about these days. With your host, Adam Todd Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Don't Even Like This Show. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host this week, ooh, my favorite co-host of all, no co-host. But I do have a couple of guests who are my co-hosts on another podcast. I'm just very territorial. Andy Sell and Travis Clark are here. Yay. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> Andy and Travis are my co-hosts on You Don't Even Like This Band. Fleetwood Mac season out soon for the general public. Or Ooh. you could just subscribe at patreon.com slash unpops and hear it right damn now. But hey, that's not what we're here to talk about. Travis, Andy, how you doing? What? Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm what? good. I'm good now. Yeah. I feel like I'm I feel like we're going I'm going to not be so good in a minute. Yeah, we're talking about heavy stuff today. Travis, I love heavy stuff. I'm great. I'm awesome. I'm always wonderful. Always? No, I'm rarely wonderful, but I I'm happy to be here, happy to be chatting with you guys, you know, always happy. I'm happy to hear that. Hell yeah. <laughs> I just took a, the first sip of my Mountain Dew Voodoo from this year. And I can't tell you what the flavor is. Is it like, I'm going to place a guess and say chimichurri. <laughs> no. No? Okay. <clears throat> I think that's a great guess. I'm going to say it's um, quince. Mm. Ooh. There is a little, there is a little quince, quince-esque Mince note meat. to it. Head cheese. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Head cheese. So this is one of those episodes where if you just look at the title, you might not know what we're talking about. You could always just read the description underneath the title. And you'll be well aware. But before we we dig into the topic, let's talk about what inspired this episode. I was bickering with an Unpop subscriber in the Patreon comments, as I want to do quite often. And at one point, they responded with this. Take another lithium in a joint. It isn't as bad as you seem to think out there on the coast in la-la land with fake people living plastic lives. L.A. is the fastest way to distort reality, LOL. And okay, first of all, tell me you're 65 without telling me you're 65. Who the fuck calls L.A. la-la land except old people and terrible movies? Also, here's the thing. I'm from the Midwest. I lived in the middle part of the country my whole fucking life, damn near. Way longer than I've lived in LA. And I, too, take offense to people referring to, like, the Midwest as flyover states or when they imply that it's just, like, all farmland and white people. Like, none of those things are true. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like LA gets a lot of this shit from people in the middle part of the country who are like, oh, you're all actors driving your Bentleys and doing your cocaine. And it's like, yeah, most of us do cocaine, but also we're poor. (laughs) Also, I drive a Tesla. Thank you. (laughs) Exactly. Not helping, Travis. Not helping. I'm sorry. And also don't do cocaine right now or ever really but yeah especially yeah don't right it's not now. fun yeah it's i a, mean it's it's fun it's a good way to die though 
yeah. Andy with the typical arguing with himself comment. Yeah, don't do it. It's not fun. Actually, I kind of <laughs> I had some fun times with it. Uh, and so I've done a few different episodes that were like in defense of the Midwest type of things where it's like, no, you actually have the wrong idea about that part of the country just in general. But I've never really had to do the reverse because this is one of the first times someone has hit me with the fake people living plastic lives in La La Land thing. To, to be fair, there are there is a lot of that. Well, what they're talking about is the entertainment industry. Yeah. They're yeah, not talking about yeah. L.A. Like yeah. that is rampant in the entertainment industry and probably like social media influencers now. Well, and there's also a bunch of satellite industries around the entertainment industry, you know, and most service industries and shit have been affected by the entertainment industry, like not pretty to severely, mention but the actual satellite industry, very yeah. direct TV, <laughs> yeah. those pompous yeah. fucks. <laughs> God damn it. So this week, the title refers to some of the other demographics in LA that people just forget all about yeah. when they write this place off as I don't I don't know what they like. Are we just all drinking lattes and fucking? Well, for a long time, when you write when you would write New York or L.A. off with like a specific, you know, the coastal elites thing, whichever way, like if it's New York, if it's people just being rude and and impatient or L.A. people being uh, disconnected and laid back, it's like. Those are referring to like largely people that moved there from other places. Yes. Like those are largely transplants you're talking about. Although, of course, in LA now, there's also a lot of people that have been like grandfather, they're like, gen like third generation entertainment family people, you know? Yeah. But I do think that idea does mostly refer to entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. And for it's, sure. It's definitely, it's not wrong, but it's not like anytime you make a, you make the whole thing a monolith. Everyone in LA is like this. Everyone in New York is like this. Everyone in the Midwest is like this. You're wrong. It's just yeah, not how it is. You can't even do that about specific states or even like counties in a lot of times. Well, you know, I don't it's know. Like, I, I think you can make a pretty, I feel like why I mean, judgment about Florida. <laughs> <laughs> no man no, that's can't. the thing Pan like inland florida is like panhandle florida is so different than like you know out on the peninsula yeah yeah all of the right wingers like in the bottom part of florida are all like cuban and venezuelan exiles whereas <laughs> yeah. I, in the whereas northern inland, part they're all, all white supremacists all the right wingers uh, are just white people yeah, yeah yeah i meant about the climate and about the fact that there's a disney world location i don't know what you two were talking about but... <laughs> i mean but like iowa for example eastern iowa very different from western iowa mm -hmm. like well, that's where the two factions iowa, of slipknot very fight each other than right? southern iowa like yeah <laughs> The Slipknot Wars all started over uh, what part of Iowa you're from. Well, that's where you get the the colonels versus the, or not the colonels, the, what are the Slipknot fans called again? I can't remember. Oh, I don't know. I don't uh, know. Vomit, probably. Like <laughs> maggots. Maggots. Yeah, okay, that's see, what it is. Yeah. Maggots. You get the maggots versus the juggalos. Yeah, well, in, uh, I was another good example. I wrote an article for Playboy. I don't know if this is still as true about Iowa, but there was a point where Iowa was Iowa was pretty fucking progressive. Yes. Like, Iowa for a lot of its history was very progressive. They were the first to legalize gay marriage, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. The and second. They were the second. And um, here's the thing about Iowa compared to California. Iowa never overturned it. And California did at one uh, point. Yeah, we did. Yeah. 
So, yeah, today we're talking about not really misconceptions about L.A., because I've done that, too. There's this idea that all of California is, like, super liberal and progressive. Mm -hmm. Super not. And it's like, no, that's pockets of California that are that. Go to the 909, my friend. (laughs) No, just go to Burbank. Just go to the Hobby Lobby in Burbank, and you are going to think, oh, did I get, like, dropped in rural Texas? Because that's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, I am... Filthy with Trump supporting neighbors where I live. And I'm still in L.A. County. Like, it's like the deep south of L.A. Yeah. County. Like, it's closer to Anaheim, which the wall, probably the Walmart it. Walking into the Walmart at the Empire Center is, it is the same <laughs> as walking into the Walmart in, like, you know, rural Missouri. Yeah. The Empire Center, for those unfamiliar, in Burbank, is it is the most non-Southern California place you'll go. There will be people with cowboy hats. There will be Trump rallies. There will be sales at the Lowe's. Like everything you need that is not. <laughs> sales at the Lowe's. <laughs> yeah. You'll see motherfuckers walking horses through the streets in Burbank. I saw yes, a you horse will. in the parking lot of a Vons in <laughs> yeah. Burbank. In Burbank, once. there are Being crosswalks. Walked, wait, please let me oh, add this detail. Sure. Being walked by a black gentleman in an eight ball jacket. <laughs> I was like, am I fucking hallucinating right now? No. Yeah, that's did, like right you, by the Glendale Equestrian Center. Yeah, that's, or did you yeah. time travel? I haven't seen an eight ball jacket in like <laughs> 25 years. Exactly. Yeah. And never paired with a cowboy hat, like ever. No, in very rarely. Yeah. Uh, I was that just going to add cool. fucking meet something. That guy. We should ask the bass player of Iron Butterfly if he knows <laughs> if that's a time traveler. Oh, that's been a the, call back to Friday's episode. I'm sorry. We keep cutting Travis off. Go. It's it's Go. it's so Go. <laughs> it's not important now. It's so <laughs> stupid now that I think about it. just in Burbank, the crosswalks are at equestrian height so that you can press across <laughs> the street horse. from your horse. Yeah, they sure are. Yeah, they well, got a hitching post at the Hooters at the town center. <laughs> that Hooters shut down. Oh, no. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. to a real one. It was my favorite. Yeah, did you not know that we lost our Burbank Hooters? It's Holy real shit. sad. Yeah. Fucking goddamn woke mob. <laughs> you know who I blame? Instagram. Kids grew up uh, worshiping butts and not boobs. Yeah. <laughs> fake pe- yep. These fake yep. people yep. living plastic lives let our Hooters <laughs> die. Yep. If there's one thing you never see at a Hooters, it's butts. No, it's not called butters. <laughs> it's called Hooters. <laughs> So, yeah, we're going to talk about some of the other groups of people living in L.A. right now who uh, I think could not be described as fake people living plastic lives. There are lots of people who are just getting their asses handed to them solely on the strength of living in Los Angeles. It is not an easy place to live. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. Traveling is a fucking nightmare. Like, If you have to do something, let's say you live where I live and you have to do something in Burbank at like 5.30 p.m., like buckle up for a two-hour drive to go like 20 miles. Yeah, and I don't think people realize that. When I've stayed other places, like I, I did some stuff in Portland a while ago and I stayed like 15 minutes outside of Portland and people were like, dude, that's like 15 minutes away. And I went, everything from me is a half an hour away. 
And that's local. That's not even me yeah. trying to go someplace far away. So yeah, that's, well, I mean, I could, yeah. if you live off of one of like a main surface street that connects to a nearby freeway, that's going to affect when you can go do things oh, like you 100%. can't like when I lived off of when we lived off Laurel Canyon, it was just like, well, but yeah. like for this three hour period, we just shouldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a, co-worker at Cracked, Robert Brockway. He wrote a whole column about this, but he moved to LA from Portland and like didn't ask a bunch of questions before he moved and ended up moving to, I think, Silver Lake because uh-huh. he looked at a map and was like, oh, that's like 15 miles from Santa Monica. That's nothing. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. And ended Whoa. up having like a two fucking hour commute each way. And like I... he eventually like had to buy a motorcycle like had to learn to ride a motorcycle just to survive his commute because you can split yeah. lanes. You can, yeah, on a motorcycle in I, California. One of my best friends and I moved to LA around the same time, and he lived in. Uh, he moved to Pickfair Village on the west side, and I li- I was in Echo Park, and it was like, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there goes that. Like yeah. when I first moved to LA, like there would be there's a friend of mine who I only knew on the internet, but we were like. We had a a good relationship. We talked all the Mm -hmm. time. We worked together a bunch. And I moved to LA and was in Santa Monica. And he moved to LA and was somewhere like Glendale or whatever. And it we never saw each other once. Like he has since left LA. And it's like, I'm in Santa Monica. You might as well be in Nevada if you're in Glendale. And like when I moved here, I didn't even I made the choice to pay more in rent and live in Santa Monica because that's where my office was. And then I just didn't have a car. Like I just went without a car. It's expensive here and it's hard to get around and it's a hard place to live. It's just that the weather's so nice. Yeah, that's true. And there's a lot of things to do once you get outside of the actual town. But, you know, there's the famous SNL sketch where everyone's like talking about the different streets in California about how to get around. And that is true because you end up bonding with people over sharing shortcuts of how to navigate the city. Yeah. That's really why you end up doing that. And that is really kind of a uniquely LA thing as are a lot of things. Atlanta, Atlanta's traffic is well, a lot of places have traffic, but a lot of those places also have very robust public transportation. Yeah. And LA's public transportation is where you go to do drugs in peace. Yeah. Like, It's not like unless you're close to where you're trying to go, public transportation is pretty inadequate in L.A., which is crazy because it's the city that needs it the most. Well, and there's large chunks of it that aren't Serviced. really covered because, yeah. you know, the rich people in certain neighborhoods were like, absolutely not. Abs public transit through our shit. No, no, thank you. Or and decades like, ago when they were planning it. And like taxis existed, the taxi lobbied to have certain shit not happen. And then now taxis aren't really a thing anymore. So yeah, that's taxis. That's the thing. This city was built to kind of keep poor people out of a lot of areas. And especially if you talk about redlining in the fifties, which is what essentially created South central Los Angeles, like South central Los Angeles is still predominantly people of color, still a very impoverished area, very high crime area. And on top of it, like if you just want to fucking go to Santa Monica for the day to get away from it all, that's very hard. 
Like yeah. it's going to be a crazy drive. If you're trying to do public transit, fucking no way. And then once you get there, you're spending $40 to park your car in somebody's weird lot. Yep. Yeah. It's the fake people living plastic lives minority destroying <laughs> everyone else's lives. Basically. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, makes California a microcosm of the whole world. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so let's talk about a group that I have brought up a couple times on recent podcasts. Street vendors. Hell yeah. LA has a very robust street vendor culture. I've, mentioned the thing I brought up recently is the hot dog vendors that you see outside like sporting events and concerts. Mm -hmm. You don't really see that in most other places. And it is a undeniably great thing. Those hot dogs, the rules fucking rule. They're so good. And when we say like, I know people are like, what do you mean? Those hot dogs, are they all making the exact same hot dogs? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And there's about 25 vendors outside when you leave any event and it's yeah. great. And well, in, in places like Echo Park and Silver Lake, I mean, I don't know how it is now, but for a long time, it was just, you would outside of certain bars every night, there was somebody set up with a, with a grill, you know, a flat top or something like. Yeah. I did a show at the Hollywood hotel for a while and there was for the longest time, there would just be a like sidewalk taco stand there every time. And it was so good. Yeah. And it's sort of a recent thing because in 2018, LA County passed a law that basically decriminalized sidewalk food. Yeah. I mean, it was, here's, it was there long before, Sure, sure. but, but I feel like I definitely started noticing it, especially outside concerts more Yes. after this. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was always a thing, but also it was a thing that if the right LAPD chud was in a bad mood, he could just like go bust some street vendor head if he wanted to, like they, they decriminalized it at least. So now, yeah, you see them everywhere and they also like loosen some of the requirements for getting health department permits and whatnot during covid and this has led to this proliferation of just delicious tacos and hot dogs all over la there's a taco stand right outside the home depot like five minutes from my house and i live in the middle of nowhere it's great (laughs) everywhere but now like uh those vendors are getting robbed and I know people are like, oh, what, those infamously high California taxes? No, people are putting guns in their faces and just taking their money. It has all of a sudden, like this summer, turned into this epidemic. In late May and early June, five street vendor stands in the same general area of South Central LA were targeted by armed robbers. On July 9th, four street vendors in the same area were robbed in less than an hour. On August 16th, Six mobile vendors were robbed in Echo Park, Hollywood, and downtown LA. There have been more than 20 robberies in all just since May. I feel like you kind of have to hit more than one at a time to make it worth your time as a robber. No, because what they do is they hit them when they're closing. Like, we'll link to this LA Times article about this. One of the stories, the person, it was like 1130 at night. They were just closing up. They were closing up. That guy had $1,400 in his apron, and they also robbed his wife and I think some people sitting at a table eating. And But yeah, if you like multiply that by five and do it in an hour, like you just made like seven grand or so with very little work. Yeah, all you got to do is like 
threaten to kill somebody and make them believe you. Right. Yeah. yeah you got to do the, the like, you got to send off somebody like every hour to like get rid of the money. You can't keep it all on you. Right. No, probably not. I would think yeah. not. And there's probably more than that that have happened. But one of the unfortunate wrinkles here is that one, a lot of these stands operate in a way that doesn't really allow for permits. So they're still kind of, even though it's been sort of decriminalized, they're still operating within the margins and aren't yeah. going to be all that willing to get the police involved. Yeah. Decriminalized doesn't necessarily mean hassle free. Right. Know? And also a lot of times they're operated by undocumented workers or even if the owner isn't an undocumented worker, there's people there working who are undocumented. And that is a demo that is notoriously hesitant to get law enforcement involved, even if we're not talking about a fucking criminal but, military. But why? Yeah, exactly. Why? I mean, the police are there to help you, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, and that comes up in these articles too. Like, there's parts of LA where if you call the police, you're going to be waiting a while. For them yeah. to show uh-huh. up, yeah, yeah, yeah. even if it's like a legitimate violent crime. Yeah, like and when this. they do show up, they're just as likely to arrest or kill you. Right. But also, most of the cops are also actors, and they're getting lattes and getting headshots done. So that's why they take a <laughs> oh, long yeah. time to show up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which that's probably not untrue. No, that yeah. <laughs> the fucking cops these days, shit. Yeah, and a lot of these fascists are just waiting to become stars. Yeah. Slightly quick side story. Ages ago, I did a military training film where I was on an actual uh, Marine base, and um, I was playing a Marine, and they had to take me around. Oh, shit. And uh, this one Marine goes like, "So do you work a lot?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, yeah, try to." He goes. I got a screenplay. <laughs> trying to pitch me his screenplay, and I was like, well, "You think I could get your movie made, dude? Like, what are you talking about?" <laughs> so, so yeah, it's not it's not unheard of that people in the military, the law enforcement, might have entertainment goals. Yeah, in the L.A. Times article that we'll link to about this, there's some they mentioned that some of the street vendors they talked to didn't even want to talk about the robberies because they didn't want to draw more attention to it because they're okay. like. Just fucking leave us alone. Yeah, we don't want a higher police presence yeah. than necessary here. And these are violent robberies. It's not just like a guy sticking yeah. his finger in the pocket of his hoodie. Like, people are getting pistol whipped. They're getting yeah. guns, like, mashed against their face. Like, fortunately, no one has been hurt or killed yet, but feels like a matter of time. Yeah. But the, the psychological injury. Like, you put a gun in my face... I'm not going, I personally, I'm not going out the next night and selling hot dogs. I'm like, this sucks. I'm done. Yeah. And the conundrum there is if you are going out and selling hot dogs on the sidewalks of LA at night, it's not because you're making fucking actor money doing it. Right. So it's easy for someone to be like, oh, well, I guess you should stop selling hot dogs on the street. And then it's like, okay, and then what? Yeah. Like, then how do I survive in Los Angeles? And like- one of the things that some vendors have started doing is just like not taking cash anymore, which seems like an obvious fix, but also 
they're operating in neighborhoods where a lot of people still fuck with cash. So that's going to be less money. Well, it's less money anyway because of whatever service fees you're going to have to fucking service go, fees, you yeah. know, to use the credit card systems, whatever they may be, you know. And then also, like some of those are going to require, you know, certain kinds of bank accounts to sign up for that you may not be having if you're, you know, if you're trying to keep your money off books or whatever. Like, there's limitations there too, you know. Yeah, it's bad times for street vendors right now. And I didn't even put anything in the notes about like the right wingers who are walking up to street vendors and being like, not in my neighborhood and just destroying yeah. shit. Yeah. Like yeah. that's happening. What? A bunch. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Somebody wants to sell tacos or hot dogs in a neighborhood, which to me value added at that point. <clears throat> and people are like, not in my neighborhood. Of course, Travis, that's this is insane. Los Angeles. <laughs> Those are the fake people live in plastic. Yeah, lives. exactly. That's yeah. true. Those are yeah. the ones that are Destroying the street vendor yeah. hot dogs. Like those are the snowflakes who uh, fuck your feelings. If that, if you want to go destroy somebody's livelihood that is providing food to people, fuck. Go your to the feelings. Tin Horn Saloon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they shut down or Tin, tin Horn, Horn Flats. flats. <laughs> yeah, which uh, God, they had the best burgers. Ugh. And it was a Chicago Bears bar, a fascist Chicago Bears bar. But so. yeah, yeah, I uh, couldn't never do it. But Bill's Burgers, you ever been to Bill's? No. Still around. Bill's Burgers in, uh, I think, North Hollywood area, but in like the industrial part. It's, I mean, oh, before man. COVID, I didn't. And nice, actually. I didn't know the owner of Tin Horn Flats. Like, I had no problem <laughs> eating there then. Like, it was once that guy started making the news that I was like, oh, that place sucks. You just yeah. got to separate the artist from their art. That's yeah. all you got separate the <laughs> Separate the burger from the chef. So, yeah, street vendors, bad times, which, yeah, imagine walking out your door and smelling someone cooking up fresh bacon dogs on your sidewalk, and you're like, oh, I'm so mad. I'd be like, honey, get some cash. <laughs> and hot dogs for lunch. But also, no, they don't take cash anymore. That what Travis mentioned that when we talked about going to see Metallica at SoFi. Yeah. When you walk out, the street vendors used to just be like, hot dogs, water, and now they're like, hot dogs. Apple Pay, Modelo, <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> which not an unwelcome advance. I just hate why it happened, but yeah. Yeah. this is why it happened. Yeah. I mean, it's also entirely possible that it's cops doing this, you know? I mean, <laughs> oh, 100%. That's that's that that would not be unheard of for cops to be committing uh, armed burglaries extracurricularly. They did catch one guy who had like 10 of them under his belt who was not oh yeah cop. that's right they did catch a guy and they, they i guess they had two more suspects they're looking into yeah. right so all right let's talk about another part of la let's talk about compton like as much as people in the middle parts of the country assume all of la is actors and influencers living the high life if you go what about compton they're probably going to be like, oh, yeah, everyone there's a gangbanger, huh? Nope, absolutely not. No? Are you sure? <laughs> Go figure. And, <laughs> like, I'm sure plenty of people don't hold that opinion, but, you know, there's, like, if all you know of South Central Los Angeles is gangster rap, you yeah. definitely have a vision of what South right. Central LA is like. Or, yeah. like, I've seen Boys in the Hood. I yeah. know what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. 
if you were, yeah, exactly. Like if you were a white person who was alive during, you know, the kind of this really like golden age of quote unquote hood movies and you didn't connect with any culture beyond that, then yeah. And also if you're a white person just in this country, you've been like conditioned at several points to you know, harbor secret racist beliefs like this kind of shit. So I'm yeah. just curious, Andy, what, what exactly is the golden age of hood movies? Oh, you oh, know, that's uh, a thing like boys in the yeah, hood, boys in the hood, poetic justice, yeah. uh, fresh. Yep. Um, okay. Juice. So you're saying juice. Since we still make those movies. They're just not as good as then. Well, it's just, no, that's just kind of the age where they're the most of them were being made and Got distributed it. to like the, the widest audience. Yeah. Um, Did you say like widest or whitest? Wide, I, yeah, wide, I think he said wide with yeah, a D, yeah. but also probably whitest. And, but it's, yeah, where you would see these movies in mainstream theaters and there was like a, it was like a cultural, if informed culture. And it was where the form took shape. Hence the golden age. Yeah. Well, I'd argue it goes back to colors. Yeah, well, and it goes back even further than that to like Sweet Sweetback's badass song. And uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Compton is obviously not just that, but there is an image of Compton that has been perpetuated that's not entirely wrong. LA has a massive gang violence problem, but that tends to be like, it's not all like Chet Wilde used to live in fucking South Central Los Angeles. Like, yeah. it's a neighborhood kind of Mm -hmm. thing it's a it's a place right it's a place and compton is mostly just fucking hard-working people who want to be able to buy an affordable house and here's the thing we're still talking la affordable like compton has million dollar houses now yeah like it's still absurdly expensive to live anywhere in la but compton is an area where it's a little less expensive and now the people of compton are being fucking terrorized by street takeovers. Is that where a bunch of street vendors show up and they're just like, <laughs> it's nothing but hot dogs. You're gay. You have to deal with us. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? No, it's where people will hop on social media and announce that there's going to essentially be a car show at a certain intersection somewhere in Compton. And hundreds of people will show up and just watch people do like burnouts and donuts with their fucking cars. And it is such a nuisance to the people yeah. who live there. It's super disruptive. I don't even deal with the full takeover thing like that, like this, but last night, two nights ago, somebody did that in our neighborhood, just on our side streets. And Oof. it woke us all up. It freaked us all out. So, and that was just like, it went on for maybe 20 minutes. If this goes on for hours as an entire intersection and there's hundreds of people there, that's fucking up your whole night. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I got to say, some of the videos make it look like a fun time, but also... Okay, apologist. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure... Know, we're living at the end of the world. People need to fucking let off some steam. What better way than by like doing crazy shit like this? Oh, there's so also, many better ways. There's, yeah, there's like so yeah. many better ways. And I don't doubt that it's fun for the people who come there, but just like Andy being the one who's like, oh, it looks like fun. The people who are coming there a lot of times are not from Compton. No. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're That's from the surrounding you're, areas. You're going to another person where another people, where other people live, work, you know, and sleep and doing this shit in the middle of the night. Yeah. I mean, that's unconscionable. And there's an obvious reason why they're choosing places like Compton. 
It's because the cops are going to come. Yeah. It's a place where the cops don't fucking care. Whatever section someone started doing this in, in Santa Monica would be tactical nuked by the LA Sheriff's (laughs) department to stop it from happening. Like this would not stand in parts of LA like that, but Compton, it happens quite a bit. And you might be thinking like, well, okay, what are we talking? Like two, maybe three times a month since January, there have been 166 reported street takeovers in Compton. Last year, there were 498. That is an average of just under 10 a fucking week. Yeah. Which means every night means more than one a night. Yeah. Every night you stand the chance of winning the shittiest possible lottery where you're just trying to go home and a bunch of internet dipshits are doing donuts in an intersection. Or let's say you're like Andy who thinks this is totally acceptable behavior. (laughs) I did not say that. (laughs) And you're like, I'm going to go watch this. There's numerous videos of people being like, check this out. And then getting just fucking sideswiped by somebody trying to do a drift trick and just, you know, People getting mowed down by these cars. Yeah, either that or, you know, we're saying the police don't care enough to respond to this, but sometimes the police respond and that turns into chaos because these are people in cars who clearly yeah. are displaying some reckless abandon. So in sometimes, cars. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to guess probably have their front windows tinted and that is illegal. So ticket for you. <laughs> Well, there was an incident earlier this year where a 27-year-old man named Raymond Olivares was out for a walk with his fiance when he was killed after being hit by a car that was fleeing a street takeover after police showed up. Jesus Christ. And again, this isn't the NIMBY folks getting mad at street vendors. This is the people of Compton being fucking terrorized by outsiders. Yeah. Here's a quote. These street takeovers have plagued our community for far too long. In the past, most of the participants have not been from our city, but have come here to take part in these takeovers and other senseless crimes. That is Compton Mayor Emma Sharif at a recent Compton City Hall meeting. And like, yeah, you can call the police, but what exactly are the police going to do? Shoot everybody? It's the LAPD. Yeah, that's like, that's one possible outcome that you don't want. And beyond that, like, even if they arrest people, like, this is just a group gathered to watch traffic crimes. <laughs> like, there's not going to be long jail sentences for this. Yeah. It's it's a real catch-22. Well, I mean, for the police, but fuck them. You know? Some would argue that, um, you know, if we had a society that uh, wasn't uh, so, uh, how do you say this, oppressive and unjust uh, and fraught with inequity, maybe shit like this wouldn't be a thing that people do. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy talk, right? Crazy. Uh, well, Because obviously the answer to problems like this and the street vendor robberies is more cops, right? Just more cops. And give them more weapons and more technology and more authority and less accountability and no oversight. Let them police themselves. Let them uh, be in charge of their own shit and just give them whatever they want. And then that should solve crimes like this, right? Isn't that how it works? Here's the thing. We mentioned when it comes to the street vendor robberies that we wouldn't be surprised if this was cops. I wouldn't be surprised if this is cops because cops know how to fucking drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I honestly, I, you could tell me that there could be a study that would come out and be like, oh, this uh, nationwide secret study uh, kind of finds evidence that 98% of all crimes in the country 
are committed by a by cops or a team of cops. And I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. Hey, speaking of the cops, this segue brought to you by Segway. Segway, when you need a segue, catch me, Andy, and Travis at an intersection in Compton doing burnouts on it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I'll buddy. Be, I'll be fucking up that Segway. Segway Donuts on your lawn, baby. <laughs> yeah, speaking of our cops, LA cops are not cops. They are a military organization and they are corrupt <sighs> af i mean cops pretty much the world over are like at best an organized crime syndicate and at worst an occupying fascist paramilitary unit and there's always this thing people say kind of as a metaphor where they're like cops are the biggest street gang there is in la it's true okay. yeah like there was that we did an episode about this huge investigative journalism article that came out a couple years ago that was all about this long, long history of street gangs within the LA Sheriff's Department. Like one of them was called the fucking executioners. The Compton executioners. Yes, the Compton executioners. They are probably the ones doing the street takeovers. Again, that absolutely would not surprise me because uh, we are living in the defund the police era. They probably get a new badge, a new one of those secret badges they have if they, if they compete in it. Yeah, I don't put it past cops to be out there right now at least orchestrating crimes to, like, scare people into wanting more cops. They were doing that here. They were yeah. doing that here in Minneapolis. There were cops committing crimes to drive up anti-crime hysteria. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people maybe realize how terrifying these gangs are. Like imagine a gang, but now imagine that these are people who cannot be prosecuted because they are the people who would investigate themselves. Yeah. And because they have a powerful political lobby. Yeah. Yep. And when we, we at my old job did a a multi-month episode arc about the LA sheriff's gangs, people were terrified to put their names that they worked on this show because there has retribution for any time this stuff gets talked about and it's retribution by law enforcement. So you can't be like, Oh, let me call the cops on the cops that you can't do that. Yeah. It's like being married to a cop and they punch you. You're like, who do you call his friends? 40% of his friends for more information, Google 40%. Uh, And I believe this is still the case, but right. The LASD LA Sheriff's department is still in charge of prisons, right? So I think so. Not only, not only did the cops get you, but then once you're in the system, they're still getting you. Yeah. And so we know all that about the LAPD and the LA Sheriff's department. I just wanted to, I mean, we were just talking about Compton and again, Fake people live in plastic lives. Not if you're being terrorized by two different criminal organizations that are masquerading as uh, people who protect and serve. Let's talk about <laughs> some recent L.A. cop shenanigans. Whew. Like how back in January, the L.A. probation department, which is an offshoot of, I think, the L.A. sheriff's department, listed hundreds of of nine millimeter handguns for sale on an auction website called gov deals. That's bad enough in and of itself. The police putting more guns back on the street in a probably not all that secure method. You got that link for me? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And, uh, that's bad enough. But one thing that makes it much worse 
is that they did this days after a mass shooting in the Monterey Park neighborhood of LA. And also it was happening at almost the exact same time. The LA Sheriff's Department was running a handgun buyback program. So they just have endless free guns that they can sell for themselves. Pretty much. Yeah. That's weird. Are they trying, are like they selling off the guns and then paying less than they sold them for to buy it's them for, back? It doesn't probably matter. Too? It doesn't matter. It, you can sell it for 20 cents. It's all profit. Yeah. That's federal money that goes out. You have it. You can do whatever you want with it. It doesn't cost anything. It's literally organized crime. Shit. Yeah. It's a nightmare. It is, it is a real nightmare. On the bright side, LA County has recently banned the practice of selling used guns online just recently like how is that travis this was like two weeks uh, ago the woke mob <laughs> yeah exactly fucking libs coming for fucking... our street guns <laughs> coming for our ebay guns i gotta tell you back to this whole idea of like california is not what you think it is i've gone to a i'm a gun owner i'm not a gun nut i went to a gun store because i wanted to look at a different gun and every time i do that i regret it every time i go in there i'm like i forget that this is who shows up here yeah all the people there first of all they have like ar-15s painted like the american flag and they're like do you want this american flag gun or this american flag gun i'm like i don't want any of that and then they'll sit there and tell you the problem with the libs and why you can't buy the gun you want. And I went, okay, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, Burbank is like 30% gun stores. All the gun stores went to Burbank. No gun stores yeah. are in LA County. Anymore. Yeah, they're all in Burbank. Yeah. Oh, there if, you was... want a, if you want an Italian submarine sandwich and a fucking handgun, Burbank's your place. When I lived in Torrance, I lived there during COVID and there was a gun store across the street and there was oh, that's always a line. Oh my God. It was a nightmare. So yeah, I, I remember seeing lines outside the gun stores in Burbank a couple times during that whole thing. Yeah. That the, you know, gun world brought to you by fascism. So on the less bright side of things, another story broke recently about a new piece of equipment that is going to be tested by the LAPD. I'm sure in the most responsible manner possible. Sure. Of course. It is a new generation of tasers that has a 45-foot range. Previous versions only had a 22-foot range. And, like, who wants to get that close I'm gonna to need the double mentally that to a, ill yeah. homeless person you're trying to tase? I'm going to need double that to electrocute somebody. That's just what I need, personally. Yeah. For me to do it without feeling bad, I need at least 40 feet of space. You know, yeah, I, I, need to, yeah. I need half I a basketball I, court between me. And I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to need to measure this in car lengths. <laughs> also, older versions of the taser, your fucking grandpa's taser fired two barbed darts. Who has the who, uh, who has the patience and time for only two darts? Yeah, Not like me. there's got to be a better way. Well, Andy, your dreams have come true because this new version of the taser has 10 darts it can be fired individually. So it's, that's more. <laughs> so it's like you're carrying 10 tasers at once. Jesus Christ. So the problem with the old, if there's a problem with the old version is both of those two darts had to connect to make the circuit to electrocute somebody. So if you, if one of the darts missed or didn't go into the person, you just shot them with something. You're saying just one of these darts has to hit somebody and then you yeah. can just start. It seems like it. 
Because they, they said they can, I mean, maybe you can only do five. Like maybe you have to shoot two at a time still. But still, that's five times the tasers in one. Yeah. Damn. Here's the thing. We can't afford not to buy one of these. It's such a good value. I, I know. It. I was just thinking, like, who's who's passing this up? And I'm hoping that after you've shot all 10 darts that you can at least then do the stun gun thing. Like, you know, like it's got that little part you can click on. Yeah. I'm hoping it's got like a lead enforced handle that you can like pistol whip people with too. Mm. Like that's going to be be, handy. I'm going to be honest. I'm actually already sold on the features. I'm more interested in what colors it comes in and does it have a cute carrying case? Well, Uh, American flag and camouflage. Can I get leopard print? No, but you can surprisingly get pride flag, which is really, really (laughs) weird. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't make sense. Oh, I actually would love a pride flag uh, colored taser. Yeah. I would do like a rhinestone taser. That'd be rad. Sure. Like Like a rhinestone taser. (laughs) Carrying case that says this machine kills fascists. (laughs) Don't tase on me. Like you can have like the little snake all cut up on it. This machine stuns fascists unless they have a heart condition they didn't disclose before you shot them, in which case it, it will kill fascists. them. Yeah. yeah. I would love a bag that you could fit all of that on. <laughs> yeah. And a taser that big. Yeah. This big fucking flamethrower size taser. <laughs> this one works from a football field, pal. It's, it's a, it's a ghostbuster pack at that point. Like yeah. you, you have a, yeah. It's just shooting like a fucking grappling hook out of the back of a backpack. I got this proton pack. It sure does take down the homeless when I need it to. (laughs) The manufacturer says it'll kill Godzilla. All right, fine, Andy. Let's talk about the hotel worker strike. God damn it, finally. This Um, briefly came up when we talked about Taylor Swift at SoFi on the local news roundup episode. That yeah, I wouldn't say did. briefly. I'd say it was very much an agenda. Of <laughs> I have to rain on a sunny day. But I mean, that said, it's not like the hotel workers strike is a thing any of us are opposed to. Like we were more given. <laughs> what if I was like, actually? Yeah, the article will link to calls this summer in L.A. hot labor summer. Hell which, yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. There's the writer's strike, actor's strike, and the hotel worker's strike. And they have all at various points like shown up to protest on behalf of each other, which is a very, very cool thing. And in terms of the hotel worker's strike, it's been happening since June, but in more of like an on and off kind of way. Like they're more aiming it right. at big events, like when Taylor Swift was here when there's big conventions in town. And for one thing, workers are demanding a $5 per hour raise and then smaller raises over the next two years, which hotel industry is not going for that shit at all. But well, of course a, not. Yeah. Of course not. Because then they're, you know, CEOs wouldn't be uh, exactly be able to, you know, maintain the, uh, the offensive to God level of wealth they have. But also, there's another thing they want. They aren't just striking to get more money. They are also striking to address homelessness, which this is, this is impressive to me. Yeah. During COVID, there was this program called project room key Mm -hmm. that in the name of both helping ease the unhoused crisis in this city and also stop the spread of COVID among the unhoused project room key would basically put homeless people up in, motel rooms in hotel rooms that Mm -hmm. were vacant. And that is a thing that 
has since gone away, but a similar program is going to be on the California primary election ballot in March. And the hotel workers want the hotel industry to publicly support that measure. Yeah. And the hotel industry is like, are you fucking crazy? We will have no part of that, which is disappointing because that is a some like not a permanent fix, but God, that could help. And if I remember the the program wasn't, it was kind of undermined in a lot of ways and not implemented the way it was meant to. And there's, I mean, I could be, it's been a while since I read about project room key, but also it's like, it's not a fix, but it's a measure. It's a harm reduction measure and it's a step in the right direction. It's a small step, but it's a necessary step. And I think that it's like, it's impressive that the hotel workers are highlighting this, but it's also like, you know, we're getting to a point where like, it's starting to become very clear. If you're not one of the like ultra wealthy, you are as in danger as anyone else of losing your home, your livelihood, anything you have, like, because of, you know, the corporate greed and oligarchy shit that's, that's business as usual right now. And that we're all like more and more people are losing their homes and, and, and houses and apartments every day and it's going to continue. And so we we need to start putting in measures like this to be like, Hey, this is a little bit that's going to help while we figure out what the fix is here. I mean, the fix is, you know, what a general strike and, um, I don't know, a velvet revolution probably, but yeah, it's going to take chaos. Yeah. This is, uh, I don't know. It's, I like, I love this strike so much. They're also seeking to impose a 7% surcharge on hotels and meals in LA that would go toward establishing a housing fund for hospitality workers, because it will surprise no one to know that if you work at a hotel in LA, you can't afford to live in LA. I'm going to say it's not that I don't support these people being paid properly. You lose me when you start doing this. Restaurants have started doing this too, where it's like, in order to pay our workers healthcare, we're putting a surcharge on your bill. And you go, I'm already taxed at a ridiculously high rate. You're now taxing me higher because you, the company, don't want to do the right thing. That bothers me. Yeah, I get that. I mean, the real messaging should be like, get the CEO to give up, you know, certain bonuses and fuck it, you know, the gig, yes. like the people on top should be taking a salary cut in order to make room for, yeah. to pay their employees well. But I don't know in the restaurant thing, I'm like, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with the surcharge stuff because ultimately like if that's what. Okay. But I'm okay with it in principle. If it truly goes to those people, there's no proof that that's where that money is going to go. Well, I mean, if it, if it's an idea that originates with them and with the union they're with, I think that yeah. probably stands I, I think they're a doing chance. something to make sure that it's going to the right place. Yeah. I think the reason I'm more on board with this than say, like there were a bunch of restaurants, like Travis said, that would put these surcharges in place because they're like, oh, we got to do all these new COVID measures to keep our employees safe. So mm-hmm. we're going to pass that on to you. Or when Obamacare was passed, there was... <laughs> A lot of, oh, well, we got to give our employees health insurance now. So your burger's 24% more expensive. This, these are people who are working in LA for the benefit of either people who can afford to work in LA or people who can afford here to just come fuck off for vacation. 
Meanwhile, the people they're serving, like yeah. they can afford to be here, but the people serving them cannot. No. Like yeah. if you work in this industry, unless you want to have a shit ton of roommates or like never want to have a family, it's going to be really hard to afford LA. So yeah, there's commuting. Yeah. There's all these stories about people commuting like an hour and a half, two hours. Mm-hmm. And that's like extra strain on your car. What if your car dies? Then you can't get to work at all. You're not going to be able to rely on public transport. And if you're, if you're taking public transport, it's probably you're adding an hour onto that commute time. Yeah. My old job, they, they refused to pay for us to park where our studio was. That was $200 a month to park there. And they said, well, they have public transit available to you. No, I don't. It stops a mile from where I need to go. So my choices are to walk a mile um, or it, it just, you can't get around this city no, via no. public transit. You just can't. Yeah. I knew a comedian who like for a while just like did everything via the LA bus system. And man, he would like come record and then he's like, all right, I'm going to head home. It's going to take about two hours. It's like, God damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I have some friends that uh, that actually just they don't have cars in L.A. They rely on public transportation. And it's always amazing to me that they can do it and they make it work. But it's yeah, it seems like you have to budget your time around that. Yeah, but also too. I hope you never have an emergency. Yeah. What are you going to I need to go pick up my friend. No, you don't. How are you going to get there? Yeah. Yeah. Unless you've lived here, I promise you have no idea what commuting in LA is like. It's unlike anywhere else. Like it is such a nightmare. And on top of that, the median cost for a two bedroom apartment in LA is now $3,195, which and again, by the way, good luck finding that. Nobody's nobody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very few people are making, what is it? Three times you need uh, for very few people are making three times that a month, I think. <laughs> right. And, and the ones that can have, have bought houses. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a mortgage amount of money. Yeah. Well, it used to be. It's weird to say, but it's almost more affordable to buy a house. It's just that you have to have so much upfront money yeah. to buy yeah. a house. Most people aren't going to get that. And I know people are like, well, why don't you move? That's expensive. Like if you're living on a shoestring budget, you don't have the money to fucking save up and move no. to another part of the country. That shit's all expensive. And yeah, and again, FYI, you're saying, yeah. why don't you fucking move to people who are the transplants? But what about the very, very many majority of people there that like have lived there their whole lives that yeah. are from like generations of family that lived there? Like, yeah, I've lived here almost my entire life. I moved here when I was five. The idea of moving is at times interesting because it's like, okay, yeah, maybe it'll be a cheaper cost of living. But uh, one thing we're not talking about is like remote work is kind of basically they're trying to get rid of it as much as they can. Almost every place wants you in their fucking office that they spent millions and billions of dollars building. So you can't just go and live wherever you want and work however you want. That's not the thing that we were promised. Yeah. Yeah. I I also think there's an irony. I think that most probably a lot of people who are saying, why don't you get up and leave are people who've like lived in their hometowns their whole life in like the the (laughs) Midwest and South and, you know, that are just like have not left the birth to death. They're going to stay in that town and not go anywhere else. And they're like, look, get out of LA. Come out here. Cities are terrifying. Yeah. And even though they're not getting any support, from the hotel industry, there has been an outpouring of support from 
striking writers and actors. And also, this was cool. The Teamsters have refused to God, cross Teamsters, love them. any picket lines to deliver food and supplies, which that's fucking cool. I like yeah, to tell you right I, now. I love the fucking yeah. Teamsters. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're the best. The Teamsters are not someone to fuck with. <laughs> no, ever. Because like, okay, a bunch of writers go on strike. Yes, that does shut down certain things. A bunch of actors go on strike. Yes, that shuts down certain shit. The Teamsters don't want to do shit. You're fucked. It's over for yeah, you. Yeah. They're like the yeah. they're like the berserkers in the in the labor army. You know, they're the like secret weapon that are kept, you know, you yeah. only call them in when you need to kill England's army. You know what right. would have kept Taylor Swift from coming to SoFi? The Teamsters. The fucking strike. Teamsters. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. like like she yeah. very famously, we talked about it on the last episode the three of us did. She very famously gave all her truck drivers like two hundred thousand yeah. dollar bonus checks. Yeah, yeah, that'll satisfy the Teamsters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no because shit. you want to say like, look how pro Teamster I am. Because then next time something like this comes up, they'd be like, Taylor's cool. We can work for Taylor. Yeah. What yeah. if? Yeah. What if? The Teamsters went to her and were like, hey, we're thinking of uh, acting in solidarity with the L.A. hotel workers strike. Anything you want to do about that? <laughs> She's just like, uh, here's a number. Yeah, just write a number on this piece of paper. <laughs> could be. <laughs> just pass I it mean, over. Yeah, it yeah, could be. So uh, we're, we're going to live under a President Taylor Swift, aren't we? One day. God, I think I, I'd rather that than President Trump again in 2024. Sure. I mean, I'd or rather DeSantis that than President Biden uh, again. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she would stand a better chance of winning in yeah. 2024 than Biden. Holy shit. But if she ran, like, I, I feel like you go like, oh, every vote was cast for her. Like, there's just you, you'd win. There's no way she wouldn't win. I wouldn't vote for. Well, it depends on who she's running against, I guess. I mean, voting is a largely masturbatory act at this point anyway. Kind so, of. oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I vote am for I not her supposed to do that when they vote. Because I just go and I close do the you curtain. Not? I just I, you know what? I yes. should have used any other word. I should have used futile, fruitless. That's what the I voted performative. sticker is for. It's to keep the jizz from going all over the place. Yeah. That's how I vote is wherever my jizz lands, that's who I'm Why voting for. Why is yeah. masturbatory the word lands. I go? Yeah. I go, in, I go behind the curtain and I pull the lever, if you know what I mean, to really <laughs> cast Woo. my vote. High five, <laughs> Travis. Yeah. There are just... So many synonyms that I could have used. All right, let's talk about the homeless industrial complex. Hell yes. It. That was a tight pivot, huh? Super tight. Speaking of the unhoused, that is definitely an L.A. demographic that people forget all about when they're yeah, talking I, about plastic people living fake lives here. And I always do want to take a second to confirm with everybody and clarify that like the majority of unhoused people, people experiencing homelessness in Los Angeles are from there. It is not this case of people just the homeless of America just going out to L.A. and flooding <laughs> yeah. the streets of Skid Row. Now, these are people who were born and grew up in L.A. that have been failed by the, the fake plastic people living uh, shitty lives or whatever. Yes. The situation has spun so badly out of control that people have started asking if maybe a homeless industrial complex exists here. And 
I had never thought about it before, but Absolutely. hell yeah, it does. Yeah, you, don't, you don't make money by fixing problems. Right. You make money by treating problems continuously. And the short, and by the way, we'll link to, this is from an article on City Watch LA. It's really fucking good. Please go read it. We're just going to skim the surface. The short explanation for what that means, if people aren't aware, is that there are groups out there who are perpetuating homelessness while working under the guise of trying to fix it just because they're making money off of it. Mm. It's like the same way the military industrial complex works. Like we can't have peace because who will we sell bombs to? Yeah. Or the, the whole war on drugs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or the argument people make about diseases like diabetes or cancer. It's like, there's no money in a cure. Yeah. And I guess I never thought about it until I saw this fucking article, but yeah, that absolutely seems like what has to be happening with homelessness. Oh yeah. If it's a social problem or a public health problem, that's 100% what's going on. Yeah. And one of the first things they mention in this article, article, they point out that Los Angeles Housing Services Authority, their budget has increased by 13 times what it was during fiscal year 2014 to 15. It went from it went from sixty three million dollars to more than eight hundred million in twenty twenty two, twenty three. Meanwhile, meanwhile, during that same time, the L.A. County homeless population has grown from just over 40,000 to about 75,000, which that alone is suspicious as fuck. Yeah. So the population has almost doubled, but the uh, 13 times the budget to deal with it and it's still growing. That's insane. That is. And same thing in San Francisco, their budget has tripled to 668 million, but the homeless population increased by 16%. So like, where the fuck is all that money going is People. the obvious question here. And well, it couldn't possibly be going to into the hands and pockets of a few um, people that are, you know, in yeah. charge of things. Right. Yeah. There's no way it's that. That's the thing with the military industrial complex. You know, it goes to the people at the top and this is the same thing they have attached. I should say I'm mentioning this article so much. I should at least also tell people who wrote it because it is really fucking good. Tim Campbell, the article is called does the homeless industrial complex exist? And there's a cartoon at the top of it that really kind of typifies the problem. There is a guy in a suit pointing to a a guy, uh, clearly a homeless man. And it says, he's saying, sign this man up for four new tarps and two new tents. And then on the other hand, he's going, but first sweep all this crap away. And it's just the guy's possessions that are right. under tarps and in tents. Yeah. Because that's what happens. We clear these fucking homeless encampments yep. and act like that's some kind of solution. When it's like, where are people supposed to go? Like you're just sending people off and then these organizations swoop in and are like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that to you. Here is a new tent. And you just repeat that cycle, and now everyone in LA is getting rich off fucking tents. That's, that. that's pretty much the city, uh, the the nationwide solution in in every city yeah. is yeah. what the what they're doing. We also have the tiny home program, and they built one of those close to my house. Where there's, I mean, literally, it's, it's it looks like a shed. 
Yeah, Colorado was, did some of those too. So the idea is you go and you apply to live there. It's it's like being in jail. There's a guy who checks you in and once yeah. you're in, you can't leave. But those houses are all like $2 million each. So all the contractors are making money off of building essentially a low security jail. Yeah, it's kind of like a private prison sort of solution yeah. for homelessness, which... No, thank you. We already have a private prison solution for homelessness. It's called private prisons. Yep. So a prime example of the idea that a lot of this money that's being spent is just going like right to rich people and the organizations and companies they represent. The career of Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority CEO, Dr. Valicia Adams-Kellum. Before being hired in that role, she was Mayor Karen Bass's chief homelessness advisor. Before that, she was <sighs> executive director of St. Joseph's Center, a homeless oh. services nonprofit that has hundreds of millions of dollars in contracts with the agency that she is now in control of. Like that's yeah, like this, Dick Cheney shit. This is yeah, this is what an industrial complex is is this this the revolving door policy here of you know it's just like in the military industrial complex you go what uh you know general to advisor to uh lobbyist to lobbyist or defense yeah. contractor to talking head pundit like it's just this like revolving door of moving through and finding a way to get more money and and secure more contracts for your friends so they can get richer yeah also her salary is four hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year which that's one percent money everybody <clears throat> but think yeah. about i've never made that amount of money uh, for a job in the world where i got paid that amount of money and the problem is getting worse I, I'm terrible at my job. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. In, I don't want to defend people that are getting rich off of like perpetuating a homelessness problem, but also like it's, it's a problem that the institutions in place are not at all interested in solving. So you're not going to. No, but there's no incentive for her. If no. she eliminates homelessness, she eliminates $430,000 a year job for herself. Yeah, but there's yeah. also, like, we live in a world that's never going to let homelessness be eliminated without, like, huge, drastic changes. Well, the yeah, because the big problem, like, the big underlying issue with trying to fix homelessness this way is that it suggests that the problem is the lack of a house. And no. That's no. That is yeah. almost never the problem. Like yeah. there are economic factors, societal factors, mental health factors. Like the house well, is kind of the least of the problems. I mean, health it, factors in general, like the, the, I'm having a lot of problems with my health insurance lately. And it's not that I don't have health insurance. It's that the cost to keep health insurance, the cost of things that I need to maintain my health are not being covered by my health insurance that I already pay a lot of money for. So it's very possible to lose your house just trying to not die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is too, is that it's not the, it's not for lack of the existence of housing. There's plenty of housing. The problem is, is that we're not going to just give it to people and right. we should, we should just give it to people because we can. But yep. if you do that, a lot of other things are going to have to change too. And yep. which I, I'm not saying we shouldn't try and that it's not possible. I'm saying that like no one is, has incentive to fix it. And they're, and, and if you do try to genuinely fix it, you're going to come up against a lot of obstacles. Yeah. And 
you know, and we continue everybody, every time I feel like city council elections happen and everybody runs on like, well, we're going to, we're going to actually take care of the homeless and we're going to defund the police. And then they get into the city council and then they immediately forget all that shit. Karen Bass. That's what she ran on was, Oh, I'm going to fix homelessness. She's like, "Eh, it's going to take like five years. So you'll have to reelect me. But also I'm don't worry. I'll nip it in the bud now. Like she's been doing like really cosmetic type stuff. No, and she's she's been doing a lot of pro cop shit too. So Oh yeah. Go figure. I wonder if the two are connected. No. Couldn't be. So the thing about the CEO of the LA Homeless Services Authority making four hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year. Meanwhile, according to a June article in the LA Times, most homeless outreach workers are paid so little that they themselves risk losing their own housing. Yep. Mm -hmm. If you're unfamiliar, a homeless outreach worker is basically like the foot soldier for these organizations. They are the people who go into the streets and talk to these people, treat them like people, try to address their concerns. These days they have to carry naloxone with them because that is how you counteract an opioid overdose. And homeless people have been hit especially hard by the opioid crisis. It is a grueling job, sometimes dangerous job. And for that sacrifice, they are paid like absolute shit. The average outreach worker makes between $40,000 and $60,000. And I know if you're not in LA, that sounds like a decent income, but it's not. Not No, not in LA. There was a very famous report that came out a few years ago that concluded that a single person living in L.A. needs to make around $100,000 a year to live with, like, any degree of comfort. And that means no roommates. Yeah, and degree of comfort doesn't even mean... It it means you're not going to be going into the red every month. Right. It means you'll probably break even. Yeah. You might not have to live paycheck to paycheck. You still might be bankrupted in the case of a medical emergency, but only a very serious medical emergency. Right. As of June of this year, if you live in LA and make less than $70,000 per year, you are considered low income. That's fucking insane. Yeah. And that's not like what we as LA residents think. That's what the government. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. not that's not our opinion. That is <laughs> government opinion. It takes a salary of $64,000 a year to afford a one-bedroom apartment in LA without spending more than 30% of your annual income. Uh, I'd argue it needs to be 80. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's like it's getting closer to that. Yeah. And yeah, so these fucking well, fake people living their plastic lives out here congregating with the homeless. <laughs> if you can believe oh, it, yeah. they're, being... they're so disconnected from reality and la la land, LOL. <laughs> well, they are disconnected, but not in the way that that original commenter meant. Like, no, they had their utilities it... disconnected because <laughs> yeah. they couldn't pay the bill. I'm just saying if like you have to carry a a drug to make sure someone isn't going to overdose and die in front of you. You're disconnected from a normal life. You're not having a regular day where you're like, Oh, you know what I like to do? I like to meet up with my friends and go out for drinks and and go out for a meal. You come home and you're probably like, it was a really rough day. Four people died. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta put up some emotional walls in your heart 
to be able to take certain things. My partner works uh, in in this area and yeah, she just, there's some days where it's like she's, she had a rough day and that doesn't mean a rough day the way it means for some people. She had a rough day in the case, like in the sense that like, no, there was an actual legit human tragedy happened at her place of business today. And uh, yeah, you got to kind of, you got to callous some things, I think, to be able to take that. So it's not, yeah, you're, yeah. yeah, my mom worked as a social worker for a good part of my childhood, like from the time I was born up until I was like 13 or 14. And it just like broke her. She just one day yeah. quit and fucking went and worked at Walmart. Yeah. She was like, I can't deal with the, this. The one at the anymore. Empire Center? No, this was, I didn't grow up in South Dakota. What are you talking <laughs> about? Uh, or no, that's in Burbank, right? Yeah. Is that in yeah, Burbank? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's <laughs> yeah. an Empire Center in South Dakota too. And it's probably the exact same Walmart as the one in Burbank. There's a wormhole that connects them. It's actually <laughs> yeah. the exact same place. You know, it'd be helpful if there was mass transit that connected. It's them. how the guy in the travel. eight ball jacket gets his horse home <laughs> yeah mass transit would be good there's a lot of things that would be that, that could be way better about la and like uh yeah people are out there God. fucking people are struggling like i would argue these people in particular these outreach workers who are risking being unhoused themselves they are living the realest fucking life yeah. Like they are in the goddamn trenches and you probably don't have that where you're leaving your fucking comments from. Mm. Yeah. So, Hey, this was or, an upbeat episode. Or if you, if you do have that, you should exercise some compassion and empathy and maybe stop for a second and try to wonder like, maybe some people have the same problems as me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some people have worse problems than me. Maybe it doesn't matter where they fucking live because we're all in a nightmare. We sure are. And remember, Courtney Love is probably going to try and kill you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if Courtney Love, that's the other thing we want everyone to take away from this. If Courtney Love shows up on your scene with a lot of drugs, fucking nope. buy a gun online. Call the CIA. From the LAPD. <laughs> Do we think Courtney loves doing the street takedowns? Do you think that's, that's probably? <laughs> I hope so. All right. That was our upbeat episode. Hey, if you tune in Friday on the subscription channels, you can hear me, Andy, and Travis just chilling and listening to a Metallica album. Just grooving along to some Metallica. <laughs> That's yeah, what yeah. we did to get in the no, mood no, for this. We listened what? to 72 seasons by Metallica to get in the mood for this. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, so, hey, thank you both for doing the pod. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, yeah. I promised people they could hear uh, what you had to plug uh, on this episode if they only listened to Friday's episode. So, hey, Andy, what do you got to plug? Looking for the boys coming back October 1st. We got some great new shit for you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Look good for the boys horror gossip podcast. And yeah, other stuff. I'm working on cool schools. I'm working on some other stuff. Uh, it's going to be fun. If you're in the Minneapolis area, you should go to the uh, get tickets online, uh, the Imagine Theater Willow Creek for the October 21st Spook Show Spectacular for movie marathon. It's going to be sick. Put on by the Cinema of the Macabre folks. Okay. I don't know. That's just where I'm going to be that day. So Travis. Well, you can still uh, listen to me on Marvel Move if you want to listen to Marvel characters uh, influence you to motivate you to exercise and run and do missions. I play uh, Kurt Wagner. I play Nightcrawler, if you want to hear me there. 
Uh, I also, I have an audio book coming out soon called Stone's Throw that I narrate the whole time. So if you want to hear a pulpy detective story mm-hmm. narrated by a guy who talks like this, um, that'll be available. And uh, I will be hiking Mount Whitney in a month. I will be trying to summit the tallest peak in the 48 contiguous United States. So if you also have a permit for October 12th, you can try and find me on the summit of Mount Whitney. Wait, where is that? Surprise, me and Andy are coming. Where yeah. is Mount Whitney? It's in California. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's about, it's so, you know where Death Valley is? It's about 100 miles from Death Valley. The highest and the lowest points are right next to each other. Um, in, in the entire, that's not the U.S. In the contiguous United States. What does contiguous mean? The 48 Come states. On. You the know con- what that means. The connected means. United States. Mount Whitney's taller than the Rocky Mountains? Yes. What? Are you okay, really sure. arguing this right now? I don't fucking know. <laughs> hey, not that anyone's still listening, but me and Danger Van Gorder are doing another Nerd Rockers Ball at the Sardine in San Pedro. Oh, nice. On November 10th. It is a fantastic punk rock venue that I love so much. And I am happy to be making my second return to comedy of the year after my grueling face surgery. Um, tickets will be on sale soon. I'm going to be telling jokes. Connor McSpadden is going to be there. Connor McSpadden! And uh, Countless Thousands is doing a set. There's going to be other bands, and it's going to be a fun time. Come spend your Friday night with us. I assume it's a Friday or a Saturday, something like that. Come spend the night with us, okay? Okay. Whoa. And also, T-shirts are on the way, I promise. Let's get the fuck out of here. Andy, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Travis, say goodbye. Auf Wiedersehen, my friends. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.